We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. Alright, here we go. Salute to Knicks Nation tonight. Salute to Laker Nation. Salute to all the Kobe fans uh, all around the world. This is a special edition Knicks Fan TV CP here uh, on a on a tough night. You know, it's it's been more than twenty four hours since the untimely passing of Kobe Bryant in a horrific helicopter crash. And also, you know, we also want to remember that there were also eight other people. Uh, on that fatal flight, including his 13 year old daughter Gianna, uh, and and we you know we just want to send our heartfelt condolences uh, to all the families involved, especially to his wife who has to bury a husband, and also has to bury a daughter. Uh, can't can't imagine how that um, must feel. You know, you also had families on there that lost the matriarch and the patriarch of their family as well. Uh, so just a just a very horrific accident. And still trying to process what happened. And, you know, I got a lot of messages between yesterday and today. And everybody's just uh, just disappointed, just sad, you know, angry. It's very emotional um, for, for this to happen because it, it was so tragic and unexpected. And, you know, what I find is that it, it, with sports, it has a, a unifying and a, and a healing uh, property to it that really it brings people together, especially uh, when you know we're such a fractured society and you go through your ups and downs. I feel like sports is that one thing that that brings people together. And and in my own experience, when tragedy struck, whether it's national tragedy or you lose uh, uh, sports figures such as this or celebrities such as this, uh, I I would go to my local sports talk radio show and, and listen to the callers come in and share their thoughts. So that's what we want to do tonight. We, I'm, we're going to open up the phone lines to all the Kobe fans, whether you're a Laker fan, Kobe fan, doesn't matter. Anybody that wants to call in, share their thoughts on Kobe tonight, uh, we're going to open up the phone lines. The phone lines are available to you guys, 657-383-1509. We have the legend Chuck D is going to call in and share his thoughts on Kobe 
on, on his life and legacy. So looking forward to that. That Chuck should be on in about 10 minutes or so. And that, that tonight's show is going to be dedicated towards Kobe, man. He, he wasn't just a, a, a basketball icon. He was a world icon. And this was certainly, again, a, a tough loss that we're all still trying to process and deal with. And so, like I said, this this is the type of thing that helps people kind of just to take your mind off of things, a welcome distraction, and again, something just to help heal, if not just, just temporarily. And so, salute to everybody in the chat once again tonight. You know, we were on the way to uh, the game uh, last night, the Knicks-Nets. I was on the way to the Knicks-Nets game last night on the train with my dad, and that's when I found out. Uh, the news, and I, I married into a Laker family, you know, my wife, all, all my in-laws, they're all diehard Laker fans, live very close to, to the old forum, not the old forum, but the forum where the Lakers used to play, and so, you know, I, I am a Lakers supporter, uh, you know, through marriage as well, and obviously when the news hit, I had to, to break the news to my wife, and, and that was tough, you know, being away from home, because it was almost like he had to explain, like a family member had passed, so... It was just very tough, and then it just took the whole vibe out of the event that we were going to. I mean, I almost wanted the Knicks-Nets game to be canceled because I just didn't have the energy to really put towards that game. And to be honest, I, I sat through that game last night. We, we had a crowd of 60 people, and I don't even remember one thing that happened during that game. All I can remember is uh, the touch and tributes that, that the Knicks provided. Uh, MSG was, was lit up in purple and gold on the outside purple lighting on the inside. They had a, a 24 second moment of silence for Kobe. Both teams held the ball for 24 second shot clock violation. And, and I thought the, the, the tributes to Kobe was, uh, was very classy on the Knicks behalf and, and the Knicks and Nets, both of them trying to, to really play through it. You know, a lot of these guys really didn't want to play the game. And so, um, you know, for, for, for all that to transpire last night, I, I thought that was a, a touching gesture on, on the Knicks behalf. And what did Kobe mean to me? I mean, Kobe was, it, it was a ferocious, ferocious basketball player, obviously. Uh, one of the greatest of all time, one of the greatest that will ever play the game. I think, you know, the passion that he carried towards the game uh, and wanting to be the best to be better than MJ. You know, this was the second coming of MJ, no doubt about it. The way he carried himself, the way he walked, the way he talked, his fadeaway jumper, uh, the way he approached the game with with a laser-like focus. I think that was that was something that I'll always admire Kobe for, just how he approached the game and, and wanted to be great. And, you know, all the accolades that we know, five championships, 18 all-star appearances, all the all-NBA titles, uh, you know, 12 all-defensive team, all-defensive team, never forget. We always look at the Kobe highlights of him, you know, dunking on people and hitting those, all, all those clutch shots and 81 points. Kobe was a terrific defender as well, and that's why he is at the top. Uh, of the heap in, in terms of some of the greatest to ever play because it, it was on two sides of the court where Kobe was truly great. And so, you know, those, those things just run through your mind and, and you just, everything was just so eerie about it in that, you know, all the attention was on last Saturday in terms of LeBron's pursuit of passing Kobe uh, for third on the all-time scoring list. And all the attention, it was about Kobe and LeBron passing Kobe and, and Kobe kind of passing that torch to him as a Laker. 
And so, and, and then LeBron riding on the shoes, you know, Mamba forever, all, all of that. And LeBron passing him and Kobe sharing his tweet with the world, his final tweet, uh, congratulating LeBron James in terms of pushing the game forward and really respecting him as, as a Laker. And, and so it, it's just, uh, true, truly tragic, man. Truly tragic. Uh, hang on one second. Let me see if this is Chuck D. Chuck, is that you? Yes, sir. How are you doing, see? The legendary Chuck D. Icon Humanitarian joins us today. Uh, Chuck, welcome to the show, man. Um, it's an honor to have you on the show, albeit under, uh, you know, uh, we're all grieving for, for the loss of Kobe. So obviously we, we wished it was under more happier times, but uh, definitely yeah. an honor to, to share a few minutes with us. Yeah, man. As you guys know, big fans of uh, uh, UCP and, and also JLs and et cetera, et cetera. And uh, y'all keeping the season very excited and interesting. But it is what it is. We And, and I'm thankful for uh, you let me on your program. Absolutely, man. And, and you know, when the news first, um, you know, happened yesterday with Kobe, you know, you had messaged me and shared some of your thoughts on, on Kobe and, and vice versa. Uh, just share with the people, uh, how will you remember Kobe? What, what did he mean to you? And um, and how, what was your reaction when, when you first found out? First found out, you know, I woke up, you know, I live in the West. So I woke up, my daughter was, was, you know, head of my companies. And she called me up and told me, like, um, a boyfriend was affected and crying. And then she told me, you know, I was like, oh, well, what's the matter? And then she told me, and I was like, whoa, okay. And uh, it's kind of like, it was kind of like jarring because it, I'm kind of like 25 minutes up the road uh, from the Mamba uh, College and Ball University. And um, and so, you know, it starts sitting, setting in. And, you know, the first thing we we're programmed to do on social media is to check everything out. Yeah. You know, at least those that are net literate. And then the truth came pouring in and then uh, it hit me that, you know, I actually had talked to the young man, Kobe Bryant, not too long ago, last year, mm. uh, my group Prophets of Rage, we were appearing on the same show, on the Jimmy Kimmel show. And uh went in his room and chatted it up a little bit and uh, actually, we, our conversation was about daughters because mm. I ain't going to talk about, you know, music and hip hop and he ain't going to talk about balls. So that was the common denominator. And I said, you know, give a shout out to your dad, Joe Bryant, because I'm from the Joe Bryant mm. school of, you know, this is my my growing up thing. So Kobe was always this, you know, OK, he's a, a new young cat. This is a young superstar. And when I first met Kobe, it was outside the old House of Blues in L.A., and he had appeared um, as an audience member for this situation I was performing at. And at right there, you know, I met him, and this was like maybe he was in 2002, 2004, in that area. He was the most memorable athlete I ever, ever met. And I couldn't get over that. I mean, it really was, it stood out. It meant a lot. And he was like, yes, sir. It's a pleasure to meet you, sir. And I said, I don't know if he's putting me on. I know he ain't putting me on, but the but the way he presented himself um, showed me that this this cat was different. Um, I knew he knew a couple of languages, which also puts you a yeah. step ahead. Uh, he had different aspirations and, and different likes as he grew up. You know, he's a different cat. And to see him, 
in a whole different mode. I was like, wow, you know, he's mannerable. And that's what was my first impression. Uh, Kobe is a cultural icon. And usually, I mean, when I speak, I, I, I stay in my lane. I stay in my lane as a fan. I stay in my lane as a category when it comes down to music, musicology, and also some as sports, although I know a lot, I still stay in my fan seats. One of the things I cannot stand is when somebody who is not in the game or around the game, you know, like in music, tries to take over sports talk programs. <laughs> I, just, I was like, so I stay quiet. But in this case, you talk about a cultural icon. And at the beginning, or I should say at the tail end of the last century, where the cultural icons of ball and rap started to be accepted equally in both platforms. And David Stern fought against this for a very long time because he didn't want to kind of see the, the integrity or the game be overtaken by, by this culture, yeah, culture yeah. of hip-hop and rap and so be it, whatever. But by 97 and 98, especially at the game at the Garden, the All-Star game at the Garden, mm -hmm. we saw the page get turned. And Kobe was kind of like in the beginning of that. You know, we know we had Allen Iverson and all that. But it seemed like this was the acceptance of hip-hop and ball pretty much yeah. being marketed both ways. It's pretty much totally the other way now. Yeah. But um, that was the beginning of, of the dual cultural icons where if you get marketed from the league and also marketed from, from the music. And Kobe was part of that first generation, a world icon, because wherever the music traveled, wherever the NBA traveled with its global um, outreach, they both rode similar paths of cultural respect. So, the, and Kobe was the epitome of bringing that into the forefront, but still keeping the old school ethic mm. of hard work, not taking the easy way out. And I'm not saying the new school didn't look at it that way. But Kobe definitely brought a lot of the old school ethic with the new school game. And he just had, he was a combination of a whole bunch of different things all the way to when he, you know, was working down in, in uh, Philadelphia, mm -hmm. making his, his rap albums because I happened to have a couple of situations with Sony at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, Kobe was involved with that. So Kobe was really the, the one of the first breed, the superstars that came from an aspect where both realms of culture coming from the black environment had to get respected equally and marketed equally from both sides. And then he just proved everything afterwards uh, uh, that the, the talk about his, uh, his prominence on the ball on the, on the court was just, I mean, then you, then you get into total ball talk and that becomes something else. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And that became something else. The whole thing, how that, how that permeated. So, Kobe in his post-ball life um, was doing all these things that 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 people would tell him was impossible, and he seemed to take on that those impossibilities with that same vigor. Yeah, and getting this news, getting this news yesterday, it snowballed on you because it, you know you get the news about Kobe, and then you get the news about uh, what he was doing. <laughs> that's the thing that really seriously hits you hard in the gut because he wasn't like, I mean, this is Grammy weekend, man. Mm -hmm. he, he was like, it wasn't up there in the, in the air with his boys and right. let's go. He's coming from his camp 
going to a pickup game with his daughter and other, yeah. you know, ball players and and he was yeah, man. I mean, he was doing he was doing that extra thing that he wanted to see look be looked upon differently. He was making a statement and just being a dad. My conversation with him last year was about being happy being the corny dad. <laughs> you know, my, my oldest is now, you know, in, in their thirties and twenties and, and Kobe had just entered that area of his girls hitting the teenage years. So we were talking, he's like shaking his head like, dude, I'm just, I'm, I'm enjoying this period being the corny dad, man. I'm taking them to, to school. I'm coaching, you know, and you know, and I ain't no big deal, man. And I'm, I'm kind of good with that. I'm like, <laughs> and so my daughter, my oldest daughter who runs my company at 31, she took the picture of me and Kobe together. Mm. I said, I pointed to her, Dominique. I said, yeah, she knows. She knows when she gets in my, but she got in my truck in Long Island throughout the years, man. I'm playing the four tops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got to turn up, you know, y'all listen to Hot 97 on your own time. Yeah. We can't mix some of keeping that in it old school. Yeah, yeah, we're keeping it old school. And this is the music she plays in the day. So yeah. she started laughing. Kobe started laughing. We mm. started laughing and we went and did our thing. But uh, ironically, our, our conversation was about daughters, man. And, um, so it struck me many ways because my daughter broke the news to me mm. and um you know this dude is he was he was i mean he was doing i mean when i was a kid man and i, I was born in 1960 so i was 12 years old uh baseball fan mets fan but a big fan of roberto clemente and when roberto clemente's plane went down as he was helping out earthquake victims in nicaragua and it went down from Puerto Rico, it struck me, man, to be a hero for life. And I was so bothered by it, but enamored by it, and galvanized by it, and saddened by it, man. And I could still feel that emotion to this moment. With Kobe's um, situation yesterday, the, the, the fact that this, this brother was trying to figure out, like, how he could get up to the game. Yeah. This is why he's he gonna bring some parents along, yep. and I'm gonna get. It is a whole school of people. I'm oh, come on, man. Yeah, come on, man. Come on, man. He's. I mean, he was doing the noble thing, man. He's doing the noble thing. He's doing the the. You know. Yeah, I'm doing the stuff that somebody might look on the outside and like you an icon. Why you gotta like go 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 to the bricks to do that? Mm -hmm. That's what you. That's what you do, man. There's the most thing that we could say yesterday, man. It's like hug, hug your loved ones, hug your little ones, man. You only got about X amount of time to get it in like that. And then you don't know how much time is given to you to get in anything. So, so you just go all out, man. And um, I could tell you straight up on the phone, man, that Kobe going all out for his school and his and his kids and his, his daughters and was just like what he did and, and, and planted his career, man. Don't take the easy way out, man. So I, that's that's the best I can say, man, as as man to man in my, in my last conversation with him, which was no more than eight months ago. And, and you know that it's a beautiful thing that, that you mentioned um, in, in terms of the passion that, that he carried towards raising his family was the same uh, that he carried in, in terms of being the best in the game. 
And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of getting to that corny dad stage. I'm a brand new dad. My son is, uh, he's 16 months, but yep. that, that's something that I really admired watching Kobe after his playing career, because it's like, as you said, he caught you by surprise by being a, a, a well-mannered dude, because on the court, he was so ferocious and so focused on taking your head off on the court, just like MJ. You know, that's why they called him the Black Mamba. You know, one of the yeah. most venomous snakes in the animal kingdom. And so once he started, you know, taking his daughter around to the games and, and you saw that the camaraderie that he had with the players, you saw him actually smiling so much more. And and he right. just seemed like he was so happy and at peace uh, with his career post-retirement. And the images that I saw of him and his daughter and, and how proud he was to... to you know, embrace her passion for the game as a father myself who, who's trying to, you know, come up and, and learn the best ways to teach my son and, and uh, bring him up in the values that my parents instilled in me. I just thought that was one part of Kobe that I really admired post uh, playing career. Yeah, he wasn't doing it for posterity either. You know, you, you, you get to feel like, you, OK, I'm Kobe. I'm me and my daughter going to the game and you got cameras, you know, who I am. I mean. Yeah, come on. Our cameras have been on them for the, like the last 25 years. So, I mean, yeah. you just got to, you take the bitter with the sweet, you know, where the point is, you know, obviously Kobe is a bit of a, has always been a bit of a mystery and he might not want a camera on him, but in this day, especially in these last 15 or 10 years, since everybody got a phone, a camera, everybody, you know, kind of like want to get the quick fame, even if they didn't work for it, he knew that, that, Wherever he went, it was going to be cameras. So he's going to try to be himself as much as possible. And I just think that he was, you know, he ain't had to do nothing as far as posterity. I ain't got to prove that, okay, I'm sitting here. So y'all take a picture to show that, you know, I'm posted up with, right. with my child. Now, it's like, yo, really, he would rather not <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> be seen like that or his child not to be seen on social media or whatever. But it's the adjustment of, of, of the world that we live in and stuff like that. So, um, who who would not know it better than than he? Man, he's like an he, uh, icon in one of the most radioactive cities on the planet. And he's in Los Angeles down there, you know. So yeah. it, it's just crazy because I'm 25 minutes up the road. I'm not in Los Angeles, but where his camp was is between where I, you know, where I'm at, and also where you know L.A. is, and he's. Thousand Oaks is where the Mamba uh, University, I called it. And he was involved with a lot of um, productions and, and, and he was making forays into the into the world of, of um, productions and, and yeah. really smart, you know, uh, intellectual, but yet entertaining areas that that would entertain him. Like, yeah. for example, a couple just a couple of weeks ago and not to get long winded, mm -hmm. but. Mm -hmm. When he was on the sideline and he spoke a little bit, I think he spoke a little bit of Slovenian. Yeah, over the Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic. Yep. Come on, man. That's 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 extra, man. That's yeah. just difference, man. It's like <laughs> it's like this dude is like, and Luca even had to turn around and say, "What?" Yeah, yeah. But Caught Kobe him completely is, off guard. Exactly. This dude's a world person coming in, you know, right. from up in Italy, and and a lot of that has to also, you know, go to his parents too. Yeah. Joe Bryant and his moms who were. Said, okay, we're going to take the ball career, but you know, a lot of ball players, and you know, they were they were afraid of the world. But then there was also ball players in the '80s, man. People like Eddie Johnson, Bob McAdoo, uh, 
Michael Ray Richardson, and said, we're going to go over and, and we're going to live and play in Greece and Italy, and we're going to be the forerunners of all that. And and the Luka Doncic's are the seeds of, yeah. of the cats that came out, the, the um, Dead Left Shrimps and uh, uh, Drazen Petrovic and all these guys who made the inroads over there. So the back and forth started back then. Right. And Kobe was at the seed of that, right. a seed growing up in that. So we got to pay attention to that. Um, growing up in Philadelphia, you know, uh, Public Enemy's biggest market in the United States was always Philly. Mm. So, uh, you know, we we have a lot of crossroads. And, and like I said, I, I thank you for letting me come on the show because I try to, like, as a fan, just be silent and watch the fans do their thing. I like yeah. to sit in the fan seats. Mm-hmm. I reject the sideline seats. <laughs> <although> I get <laughs> invited and offered, but I catch up with y'all. And at the garden, I will be out in the in the in the fan zones. Mm-hmm. And uh, but um, when it comes down, I felt that this was a legitimate time to talk about some somebody in sports, in sports icon because he was cross cultural and a great young man, great human being, and uh, that's the most that you ask for. It's a it's what well, I try to always think that integrity is not a bad thing for hip hop to have. I think a lot of cats got behind the steering wheel. I don't I don't really criticize a lot of the hip hop cats, but I also let them look at themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing with the NBA that at least David Stern had a lot of cats looking at themselves and says, yeah, you know, you could elevate yourself if you're over 21, 22, 23, 24. I mean, it, the streets, the streets really ain't got no name. They shouldn't have governance, uh, governance over integrity and some dignity mm. and i think that you know i always thought that hip-hop could be similar it has it marches by its own drum so to speak right but you do admire that the young and the young ball players are at least guided with some integrity that they know that yeah regardless of what they feel on the moment mm. they got to also have a little bit of diplomacy to talk to people to treat people like they have like they would like to be treated and respected so um I admire that from sports, and so when I try to bring that over in the areas of hip hop and mm-hmm. culture, I try to make those those parallels. Although sometimes, if I have to get old school critical, a lot of when the new players say they they, they get they get uh, galvanized by by what they hear, mm-hmm. I be sometimes saying like, "You got pumped up over that? <laughs> 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 you got pumped up over that?" To me, like a premier boom bap is gonna get you started, mm-hmm. but. Uh, but it, it, you, you got to recognize from a full scale, full circle, you know, um, how it is in order for you to uh, speak. You got to listen. True, true indeed, man. True indeed. You know, you you were obviously or are someone who's never afraid to, to speak their mind on, on topics of social issues, uh, always being unapologetic in, in, in terms of uh, raising awareness for the culture and, and being a voice for the voiceless. Uh we started seeing Kobe do some of that later on in his career and after his career, really um, speaking out on some of the more um, social issues that, that were kind of plaguing our society in those days. In in your conversation with him, did he ever, you know, approach you for advice in that regard? Or did you guys ever touch on that? Um, I think Kobe was clairvoyant. If, it's that, if that's the right term, maybe if I'm wrong, slap me, but. He's a world person coming in. And whenever you're a world person coming in, you don't see the United States as as, as your end-all, be-all. He came in 
as a youngster knowing that there's more to the world than, than what was handed to him when he became stateside. So you're always aware about people, places, and things outside the 2,000 by 3,000 mile box. So obviously he's going to say, well, I grew up with here with, with these friends and this, and they had their culture in line. So I noticed that there was a, a disparity growing up in the United States and people didn't have what I had. Mm. So I think he realized that it was easy for him to speak to it. And, and also he, he was very clear, like saying, I know I'm going to be attacked for being a nerd. Mm. I know I'm going to be attacked for having a couple of privileges that, um, that uh, people around me might not have had. They, they, they might have a uh, different upbringing. They, I know they're going to look at me as being a, maybe a brat from an NBA, you know, um, player. So I know I'm going to come in with a lot of hate, hate around me, but uh, I have a bigger picture. I have a bigger vision. And, uh, and it, not only did he do that, but he, he set some paths for many to follow outside the ordinary. Yeah, I think it was smart, man. I mean, I you know, I trust me when when Kobe started talking Italian, man. I got I got I got kind of jealous. Man. <laughs> I mean, that's my that, bro. That's my biggest biggest regret in in the hundred and fifteen countries I've been to. I've been a you know I live around. I make my living around the world, and and I for for some reason have never learned another language mm. well. And that, and for a person that's been around the world and been through four passports as much as I am, mm-hmm. I I've shamed myself on that. And you see, Kobe Kobe talk when he talk Italian, right? He talk a fly Italian. Yeah. So he talk Northern <laughs> Italian and he talk Southern. Yeah, everything. Italian. He knows all the dialects, you know? man. All the dialects. Oh yeah, yeah, yo, yeah. yo, yo. I mean, this cat was different, dude. He was different, dude, man. True, different. True story, man. So, such a tragedy, yeah. and and you know, I was very much looking forward to uh, again his, his life post basketball because of of like you said, he was going to carry it with a vigor uh, the same way that he did his basketball career and you saw him really starting to build his media empire, you know, already mm-hmm. winning the Oscar for his dare basketball documentary and, and really understanding of the need to control his own narrative. And so that was again with me, you know, kind of aspiring to start my own uh, media path. It, it was, I was very much looking forward to uh, what he was going to do um, in, in that walk of life. And, you know, it, it's, it's hard because, you you look at a, him as a young 41 and mm-hmm. I, like I told you yesterday, you know, it just seems like he had so much more to do. But then when you look at his resume and everything that he accomplished, it's like, you know, maybe he did, you know, accomplish everything he set out for. You know, I don't, I don't know, man. Just, just tough to process. Well, he was just getting started, bro. Yeah. And uh, 41 to me as a teenager. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so, Trust me, these next 19 years to, to where you've gotten to my age at 59, 60, Kobe Bryant would have, I'm yo, man, he would have turned the world. He was already turning the world upside down and yeah. just in, in those transitions. And I'm not just talking about business and money. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about path of ideas. Mm. So you're on your way, CP, because you were able to pick up off of a spark of idea that he was doing. Even back when Kobe was with the Sony, had the Sony deal, the league didn't think it was was good. It was a good look at the time. It was a couple of combinations in there, where 
yeah, when they just figured that wasn't the right move. But let me tell you, man, Kobe had one of the best voices of, of all NBA time. Mm-hmm. He's had one of the best voices, and voices mean something. And but I think he, he kind of weighed things, and and um, you know, and just yeah. But I, he, he's he's a driven dude, and a driven dude that was not. He wasn't begging to be co-signed. Yeah, I think he wanted to challenge. If you did not like or you if you doubted him, you know you, he was going to take it at you. Understand? Let me tell you, man. Like I said, I grew up. I grew up in the same town in Roosevelt, Long Island. Doctor J. So Doctor yep. J is my hero. Mm-hmm. Out of uh, Doctor J's uh, co-player that with the Sixers is Joe Bryant, mm-hmm. right? And Jelly Bean Joe Bryant out of St. Joe's is like he was nasty on the breakaway. You know, so I mean, you want to talk about Dr. J's your uncle, <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? You, yeah. you know, you coming up looking at Jordan and you coming in the league in the 90s, late 90s. Yo, man, a lot of cats, man, was just like doubting Kobe, man, because they were like saying this kid has had he's got everything handed to him. And, and he he had the chip on his shoulder to say, no, nah, I had everything handed to me. Yeah. I'm going to show you what this is. It's true. It's true. He he carried himself with, with such a hunger and, and a tenacity towards the game. So true, man. Um, a couple more questions. And, and again, I, I definitely appreciate the time. Uh, where, where would you stack Kobe up amongst the greats? I mean, we, we like to call you an OG on the show. OG is, is someone who saw the, the Knicks from their heyday to the Bernard era, Patrick era, and so on, all, all the great moments. So you've certainly seen a lot of good basketball. Where, where would you stack Kobe up against some of the greats? Oh, brother. Yeah, I want to see the tweets fly in and all the comments. I stay out of that, bro. I know you I stay, stay out of that own. arena, Chuck, so I'm bringing you in, man. I'm bringing you in. Kobe, yo, man. Kobe's on, on a Mount Rushmore 20 faces. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I stay out of that, bro. Because, yo, I don't want... I don't want cats to be coming and commenting like, man, dude, just stay, stay to the microphone, son. Hey, like, that, that's what it's all about on Knicks Fan TV, Chuck. You got to come with your why, takes, man. That's why I type. I, I involve myself in typing, man. And I say I'll type my small little bit. Because let me tell you this much, see? Mm-hmm. And I'll be short on it. It's like, mm-hmm. I can't, I got to remain as a neutral, anonymous situation, especially in, which, you know, this century, cats are a little bit more sensitive. They have contact. They, they have connects with everybody. So one word get around to another. It's like I could end up breaking somebody's like day and stuff like that. It's like, yo, my pops used to raise me on you. And then the minute that, you know, you say I should have got traded, man, it's like the family start coming at me. So <laughs> I stay on the anonymous, stay in my OG lane and keep my opinion kind of like on the on, on on the on the low fan seat thing and try not to go public with my opinion right. and even when it comes down to our team at the knicks I, I got ideas i could share privately but i can't go public because trust me it'll get around and you, <laughs> i end up breaking vertebrates man so i mean <laughs> So it's so it's all good, man. And, and again, once again, appreciate it, Chuck. Once again, if you guys are watching, uh, we have the legendary, the icon, Chuck D, on the line with us, uh, just sharing his thoughts on the on the untimely passing of Kobe Bryant. Uh, Chuck, uh, just two more quick questions. Yeah. I, again, I, you know, you, you said you didn't want to touch on on the Knicks from from that perspective. But once again, Chuck, this is Knicks fan TV, man. You, yeah, you got to yeah. come with your takes and 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 you know, be confident in it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> again, it's, it's it's been a rough season for us. Obviously, we know that. 
with the second half coming up, just what, what's your overall takes on the state of the team and, and what you're looking forward to in the second half? Yo, man, we 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 looking like we got flow. And we got um we got Peyton at least looking like our first point guard in a, in a minute. Mm-hmm. We got a coach that's looking like he's he's like saying that uh we're not allergic to to the 15 foot and 12 foot jumper, you know? We 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 go to the hoop and we get some old school three point plays sometimes instead of, you know, getting up into, you know, brick hoisting territory because because the, the tray is a is an nba disease to, mm-hmm. to many mm-hmm. so i i think that you know the way we look at now right if it was at the beginning and not to take anything from, from fizz mm-hmm. you know he's my dude too but it seemed like the 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 I don't position this basketball don't don't work for us <laughs> it's like <laughs> this right is now. the position yeah you play, you play blue collar hardball, and don't try to be a star in New York because you can't be a. You know, we be bringing in cats, man, and the radiation of uh, uh, New York City, man, makes it turn into microwave square yeah, garden. Yeah, you always and say microwave that. Microwave square. Yup, the cats them. be coming in, man, and their eyes is big, and they got all kinds of rap songs in their head, and mm-hmm. and, and it's like, yo, man, you get melted in New York, man. So New sure, York sure. kind of kind of grow our own and then pick up pieces along the way. I like, I now, you know, I feel Julius Randle um, next year in a position of, of at of being a piece. I, I feel, uh, um, I feel Frank is, is about Frank. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. We need to hear about Frank, Chuck, because okay. the, the, the Frank topic I, is one that really, really gets the chat boiling right now on two sides. I know. Let me tell you, I, I got great friends. I'm in I'm in France a lot. I'm in Paris a lot. Frank did work last year. Frank is when Frank is amongst black folk, especially in France, mm. he's he's he he's he's super confident, man. Mm. He could do no wrong. Mm-hmm. Um he damn near like a, a young Luca as he was in and 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 in the pro leagues over in Yugoslavia and mm-hmm. I should say Slovenia and, and all the Baltic places. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how many friends or how many mentors are in the in New York and in, in the United States that Frank could really feel like he's finally could deal in the United States. And that's a to me, I think that's a major obstacle. It's like. When you when you internationally coming into the United States and especially a place like New York, yes, it's a very similar. Paris and New York, they 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 they, they like sister cities, brother cities, especially from the black standpoint. You go mm-hmm. into Paris, you got about five or six different nations that's making a black folk in Paris. Mm-hmm. So you don't feel like you're alone because you know the regions and you know the hot spots. It's similar in New York, but it's kind of different. And I don't know how many people could be around Frank to make them feel comfortable. I, so I think that another coaching change might have jarred them off a little bit. Mm. I think uh I think he's now he's I think he's become more New York guys, more nationalized. He might find his comfortability. What are you coming with? 18 years old? 19. Yeah, yeah he was 18. All right, 19 years old, you straight came. out of France, right? And I don't even think he's from Paris. I think he's from from he's from Strasbourg. Strasbourg. Yeah, 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 exactly. So mm-hmm. you out in a, out a, a, a mid central country town, and now you coming into New York, man. There's so many similarities, but it's also key to have somebody guide you through 
culturally and also professionally to make you feel confident when it comes down to it. So, I mean, hey, it's a pro sport, so they're going to put you out there and either mm-hmm. you get eaten by the wolves or you beat the wolves. So you ain't going to find a lot of people that feel sorry. But, hey, we got him. He shows signs. He plays defense. He's long. And the next problem sometimes is when somebody gets 24 and 25 and they go to another team or another city, they excel. Mm-hmm. So we stuck with it. And I think Frank is going to be that dude when he turns 25, 26, 27. He's going to know his role and he's going to be nasty. And we're going to be like, damn, we had him. Mm. And and I just, I don't, I'm a firm believer, man, that I don't think the league is at its best when everybody's under 24. And yeah. especially New York. You, you, you can't come from another city under 22 years old and think that you're going to handle New York. It takes three years just to learn New York. Yeah, that's true. It ain't, that, it, it, true, ain't, it, ain't it ain't, it ain't, it ain't Toronto. It ain't it ain't Cleveland. <laughs> it mm-hmm. ain't it ain't it ain't nowhere. It ain't even LA. There's nowhere man. like New it. York, There's nowhere yeah, like it. New York will melt you, man. And I ain't even talk about media wise. New York will just melt you. Yeah. It's just not like any other yeah. US. Hey, city, it melted Joe Kim Noah and, and he grew up here. That's what he, right, he exactly. admitted himself. Exactly. So I mean, I am I a little bit disappointed in DSJ? <sighs> We talked about that privately. Yeah. I just leave it alone. I said, all the talent. He's he's a dude that probably if he goes to Charlotte, he's gonna feel like he's home, mm-hmm. and you're gonna see a different DSJ. But I don't think that. Yeah, I don't think that young dudes under 25 years old who ain't really got the right system in there. I don't think they're gonna ever do. We ain't never did well with free agents, and we ain't mm-hmm. gonna do. Great with young dudes under twenty five coming into New York City, unless they that special, special, yeah, special rare something. Rare and, and and I don't think, I, I, for example, even next week, next year's draft, mm. there's no guarantee that those guys is going to come out and be a John Morant. Yeah, there's no. I mean, you know, like I, I'm not even going to get into discussion about my my man, um, uh, Anthony's son. Because Anthony's my man, so I, I'm making no assessments. Hey, Cole Anthony, but I'm just yeah. saying, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know, I'm not making, making no assessments. I'm just saying that New York means blue collar. Also, New York means that the stars will emerge out of the soil somewhere, even if they come from another place. It got to be like, look, uh, a Starks who comes from Tulsa mm-hmm. who wants to prove something. It's just got to be that. It ain't going to yeah. be the same type of way. True. And um, I think the last point I, I was trying to discuss that that um, well I lost the point, but it's a very important point. I probably remember it on the mm-hmm. other side. Mm-hmm. But um, it, the draft is going to work for the Knicks, but it's a bunch of different combinations that got to work. And I think we possibly got something. Got to keep tinkering at the combination. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. well said, man. We, we we definitely have to figure out the right combinations, and I think it starts with RJ. I think we have to figure out the best. Uh, pieces that fit with him. I think we need to score a more scoring-oriented point guard with him, some more players that could space yep. the floor, that could shoot it well, and, yep. and I think that's where it starts. I think RJ could be a piece, and we just have to continue to uh, build those pieces around him that, that could build we that got, chemistry. We, hey, we got chippers. We got chippers. Mm-hmm. I still a firm believer that Knox is a chipper. Mm-hmm. I don't know where, but I mean, I, it, it just seems like, like I said, microwave, uh, microwave, microwave square garden, man. Yeah. 
It's tough, Chuck, and I hope I hope they're not watching this show, man, because sometimes uh, we, we can be unforgiving, but that's just the nature of the beast. You, you know that as well as anybody, man. I've been a Knicks fan since 1967, sitting at the knee of my father, and we had just traded Walt Bellamy the mm. day the Busher. And I used to like the guy named Howard Cole. I'm seven years old, so I'm pretty, you know, recognizing things. Yeah. You no, know, we traded Howard Comines, yeah. you know. <laughs> and, and, and let me tell you, uh, my we got this. I said, why are we why are we trading Bellamy for De- a butcher, Dave the butcher? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I used to call Willis Reed Rebound Reed. Yeah. They always used to say Rebound Reed, you know. And, and Clyde Frazier wasn't Clyde just yet, but just yeah. that next year I followed him a little bit more recognition. It was it was a 68-69 Knicks, and I, I kind of was sad because we lost the, the the Bill Russell, but the 69-70 um, Knicks is like, okay, I'm, I'm two years in of understanding what's going on. I catch the Mets at the same time. I'm a Jets fan, and in 1969, I'm yeah, nine years old. I'm like, we, right we, 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 we always going to win championships. <laughs> so the bottom line, straight up, is like, I was 12 years old when we won our last championship as a Nick, and I just thought it was going to happen forever. And here I am going on 60 this year. Nope. So we got to treat anything that comes when it comes, treat it special, man. True. So we even treat like getting close special, like, like Akeem blocking, you know, fingertip and John Stark shot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know what? That's a championship to me, I guess, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? I mean, and that's why we treat, we treat our, our, our heroes special, man. Yeah. Like, Derek Harper means something to us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Doc Rivers True. means something to us. True. Doc Rivers, man, gave his all and he went down. True. It's like, yo, so that's when, when these people come in the garden and cats give them a warm applause, those that were there. And remember, we just want the effort, man. We want the effort. And when the effort is not there, you know, you start asking questions. You don't become a boo-bird. But then it all points right back to how we start this conversation. When Kobe Bryant was out there, Yo, man, this dude, man, wanted to leave no doubt on the floor that he was like putting out a trillion percent, yeah. and he didn't. And he, yo, man, he, he ain't have many NBA friends. True, that's a true story, man, and, and well said, Chuck. And uh, like I said, man, I definitely appreciate all the time you gave us. I only asked for ten minutes. You, you gave us that much and more. Uh, next, oh, next interview, Chuck. Hopefully, we could do another one, twenty twenty style. We, we got to do a complete history of your fandom of the Knicks and, and really educate this fan base, man. I'm, I'm, I'm really anticipating that at that next interview. Hey man, you know what? There's no other city. There's no other arena. There's no other situations like yourself, like uh, TV blog situations like yourself to a setup for a winning basketball team. New York is set up, man. That's why. Oh yeah. This is the point I was going to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I kind of I give a I give a salute to Steve Stout, but he comes with the music business. Mm-hmm. The Knicks need no branding. The only branding is winning, man. Winning, That's the only winning brand. cures all, man. That's what Win, I was yo, saying. Winning is the only brand, man. Yeah, because if you brand it without without winning, it's corny, man. You can, can come up with it, all, all kinds of uniforms, all yeah. kinds of you know you know like you know midgets being shot out of cannons <laughs> and the whole nine. Yo, listen, man. If you're not winning. <laughs> If you're not winning, man, 
It's true, man. It's it's it's, it's not like a popcorn rap game where all of a sudden you come from nowhere and all of a sudden get a Grammy, man. Nah, man. (laughs) This is is New York. This is... This is what, yo, man, blue collar, man. That's it. Blue collar. That's what now, we, we know. That's the rules. We, we know the man. rules change and all that, man. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, man, blue collar, man, blue collar is the best brand for the Knicks right now because everybody that stepped into New York, they might not be able to play when, in New York when they are Nick on an everyday basis. True. But when they roll up in the micro square, uh, microwave square garden <laughs> as an opposition, they come in the. Yeah. They're coming to go back home with a story. It's true, and that's been the, that's been the narrative over the last of uh, the whole the whole century, other than a couple of years. Yeah, we go on to New York, we go on, we gonna win, and we are gonna have a good time in New York before we bounce up out of there. We we, we got to change that, man. We we got to yep. change that. That's gonna come with the players, and not necessarily a rebrand and rebrand. But um, Chuck, man, once again, I, I really appreciate all the time that that you gave us uh, on, on this somber evening when we're remembering an icon like Kobe Bryant. Uh, again, it's important to to give our legends their flowers while they're still here. So, uh, you know, on, on behalf of the chat, all the Knicks fans worldwide, Long Island in the building. You know, I see a lot of Roosevelt cats in the chat yeah, shouting sure you out. I like to also, man, say that I had one criticism of the Nick and I took Nick's and I told the, the bra- upper brass this is that we got to get rid of that corny font on the uniform, man. <laughs> this is like the Dollar Tree font, bro. No offense to Dollar, but maybe offense to Dollar Tree on that one, man. It's the Dollar Tree font. Yeah, man, Dollar Tree font, man. Bring back the Ark, man. The Ark, the Ark, New York, man. Chuck, you like, gotta, you gotta bring, talk to Mills, Chuck. I saw Mills yo, at the game yesterday, but you gotta talk to him, Chuck. Tell him I, to just I, throw that suggestion it, out it, there. It man. goes deeper than that. They got Steve Stout, man. So Steve Stout is probably gonna play, bring some P Diddy design to the Dixon. I'm like, nah, man. No, man. It's like break, get rid of the Dollar Tree font. Don't let so much, you know, the don't let you know, man. Get it, get it, get it right, man. And maybe that, maybe 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 we're cursed because of that. <laughs> uh, it might be, man. Something, a little tweak, a little. I wouldn't mind a little tweak, a little tweaking. Uh, would, a little tweak. Hurt Listen, the, the uniforms are fine. The font is the font, the font straight across. Yeah, garbage, man. yeah. They they got to bring that it's, back. It's like going to the Yankees and trying to turn that NY. Yeah. Into something else, yo, yo, man, nah, true, nah, it's true. Get man. that arc, get that arc back up in the in New York, and get rid of the, <laughs> get rid of the, you know, the auto, the auto, what you call it, auto zone font. Man. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you. Uh, any anything you want to say to the people in the chat before we sign out? Man, stay strong. Love y'all, yo, man. Even though he was an opposition, man. We could use some of that hard that Kobe, you know, yeah. every time Kobe came to New York, he was like saying the Knicks suck. Yeah. So we got it just like, um, you know, I mean, like I said, man, I was I was 12 when we won. I'm 59 right now. So in my lifetime, you know, I like to like to see us, you know, like be up. And we, hey, our city is our city is made to have a, a, a team do well. It's the, the, the radio. The, look, we got the voice of the NBA announcing our games. Yeah. Yeah, it's true, man. <laughs> every year, it's every true. year out of all of us, CP, Mike Green goes to the NBA Finals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the only one. He goes to the Finals, man. He's the only one, man. I, I'm telling you, I, I need to see the Knicks go down to Canyon and Heroes. I saw my Giants do it already. I saw my Yankees. I, I just need to see my Knicks uh, before yeah. it's all said and done for me, man. Yes, sir. Uh, absolutely, right. Chuck. Well, like I said, Chuck, once again, um, 
you know, thank you so much for, for all that you've done for us and, and continuing to, to speak for the culture and, and to carry the culture forward. Uh, being a voice of the voiceless, it's, it's, uh, it's a task that no one asks for, but we certainly appreciate. And um, continue success to you. And like I said, I hope our next interview uh, will we'll take a deeper dive on, on the Knickerbockers, man. But thanks again for sharing your thoughts on Kobe. Yeah, man. Anybody who wants to follow me, I, I do one social media. I do all the social media, but my daughter runs the other one. But I do Twitter personally. Mm-hmm. It's at Mr. Chuck D on Twitter. And uh, and I go nonstop to try to promote, you know, uh, your and JL shows. But yeah, I, and that we we appreciate wholeheartedly, man. We we definitely appreciate all the love and support um, that that you showed our channel and our movement, and, and we thank you so much for supporting. You kid, are you kidding? Y'all save you y'all saving our season. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough. It's tough, Chuck. Man, going through that eighty-two game grind in the off season is a hard thing yeah, to do. But I love yeah, my I team, man. So you're saving our season, bro. Yeah. Saving our season, and, and and it's my joy and my pleasure, man. So all the best, man. Salute all y'all out there. Thanks again, Chuck D. Thank you yep. so much, man. That was the legendary Chuck D. Come on, hit that thumbs up for Chuck D, man. Hit that thumbs up for Chuck D, the legend, the icon, Chuck D calling in to share his thoughts on the, the Black Mamba, Kobe Bryant, giving us some, some Nick talk as well. Uh, you can't make it up, man. You can't make it up. I told J. Ellis this one day. We were walking through the garden. And, and we were talking about, you know, should we should we stay on the video? Should we stay on the podcast? What should we do? I said, JL, just just keep it consistent. I say, you never know who's watching, man. We're doing a great thing right now. The show's really kicking up, and the fans are loving it. And boom, out of the broad daylight, Chuck D was one of those guys that that just threw us out of blind promotion on, on Twitter. And and you know, like I said, we certainly appreciative of uh, of that gesture. So. Anything we could do to to put some positivity on a tough season, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely do that. So once again, salute to Chuck D for giving us um, the the some time and, and thoughts on Kobe for sure. Salute to everybody in the chat once again. All, all my Long Islanders from Strong Island, uh, you know, throw an L.I. in the chat. Let, let's salute Chuck D in that way. If, you, if you're a Chuck D fan, a Public Enemy fan, throw some comments in the chat as well because um that that was great and and you know you're not going to get that everywhere so um once again tonight we are saluting and honoring kobe bryant i wanted to take some calls from the fans uh to get their thoughts on kobe to share their uh, reactions to the news so that's what we're going to do from now to the end of the show we're going to open up the lines um first person i want to hear from it's my brother-in-law, man. I told you guys I married into a Lakers family. I have my brother-in-law, uh, Jonathan, a.k.a. JJ, on the line. He's a diehard Lakers fan. And, and uh, bro, how, how you feeling tonight, man? Man, it's, it's, it's tough, bro. It's tough, man. I got to be honest, man. Uh... You still there? Hello? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. You yep, you All right, my bad. Yeah, yeah man. I'm, you know, and yeah, I can, I can, I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, man. Flamingo, California, man. So we feel like we feel like we under attack right now, man. We yeah. lost Nipsey. We lost Nipsey. Uh, what last year in March? You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Now we losing Kobe, man. And and I mean, you, 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 you've been in the crib. We about what five minutes away from Crenshaw Slauson. We one minute away from the Great Western Forum. So. I grew up watching Kobe, you know what I'm saying, after form. So we hurting over here, man. We driving home, all the signs is 
Kobe forever. Kobe rest in peace. They even the Honda dealership, man. They got Kobe signs up. So it's hurt. We hurting on this side of town, bro. Man, man, keep your head up, man. Um, what were some of your fondest memories of Kobe, man? What what did Kobe mean to you as a young Laker fan growing up? Man, I never forget when we drafted him. I was a Vladi fan, man. I was watching the Lakers and Vladi. I remember trading when when Vladi got traded for Kobe. On, a, on draft night, I was like, whoa, we just traded our center, who was pretty good at the time. He was all right uh, for the for the 17-year-old kid. And uh, we, we got him. I remember watching the playoffs, man. I was young. Uh, and, and it was uh, Kobe. He shot three air balls against the Utah Jazz. Yeah, and I'm like, I remember that. Hell? I remember Why that. Why did we draft this yeah. kid? What are we doing, man? Why, are we dra- Why is he even shooting? Yeah. But, man, one thing I remember – was that, yo, he shot the ball. After the first air ball, as a rookie, he shot it two more times. Mm-hmm. So I think that was the epitome of Kobe right there, is that, I mean, what he always talks about, even though he fails, even though he, uh, you know, it, it, through failure, I'm going to still do what I got to do to try yeah. to make it and try to win. And I remember after the game he interviewed, and I remember this as a little kid, you know, they said, the season's over, Kobe, what are you going to do? And i never forget this. He said, I'm going to work myself to exhaustion. And get better and i'm what i'm like 19 years old and i'm like what does exhaustion mean you know mm-hmm, what i mean i mm-hmm. went to google it it's like i don't even think google was there but you know what i'm saying i went to literally look up what exhaustion really meant and i was like all right this kid is for real man so I, man this is work ethic i think we've been hearing that all all through the media and everywhere it's his work ethic man he, yeah. he had a goal he put his mind to it and he literally said I'm going to do that no matter what. I mean, that's just a testament to who he was. If you put your mind to something, it's possible for sure. Man, well, well said, bro. Well said, and and uh, I have some fans in the chat. I think they were um, re- replying to the to your reaction to in the Utah game when he shot those three straight air balls. Uh, my guy Alex in the chat said we would have traded him if he was on the Knicks. If that happened, so. You know, you know how we are, man. You know, we don't have any patience for that. But that, as you said, that was part of the maturation process of Kobe and really learning um, from his failures and really having that drive him to, to be more and more dedicated yep. and successful in the game. Yep, man, it's just hard. Like, who, think about that. What, what, what person do you know as a 17, 18-year-old kid could shoot three air balls in the Los Angeles Lakers? They, at that time, they had 11 championships. The brand is crazy, and then still have the guts to do it two more times yeah. after one air ball. Yeah, man. I mean, I I think before we knew it, I think he was showing everybody what type of person he was, man. True. So, yeah. At that time, I said this guy's gonna be a monster, man. And I'm glad we was able to able to to to, to witness his career, man. I was watch I watched every single game, man. Game in and game out, yeah. 82 games uh, a year, including the playoffs, man. So it was a it was an honor to watch him play, man, and. And it's sad, but it's, but but it's now over, man. But he 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 still lives on in L.A. for sure. True story, man. Well said. Uh, another thing about Kobe that I admire, bro, was the two championship runs. I mean, you had the first set, the dynasty that he and Shaq built together, uh, growing growing up together, and really dominating the league uh, in the early two thousands. Yeah. And then obviously from winning. You know, the egos and the things start and obviously the the two clashed and butted heads as the two alpha males. And, uh, you know, Kobe wanted to be traded from the Lakers at one point to, to show 
that he could be the sole, the the only guy, the man on the team and carry that team to the championship. And they didn't end up trading him. They ended up trading Shaq to the Miami Heat. And then Kobe goes on to go yeah. to three straight finals and, and, and winning two over the Magic and the Celtics. Um, how, how were those days for you? Yep. Scary. Scary. Mm. And, and it was during the time we all know – we all know Kobe loved Jordan, so I mean, during that time, they were talking about him going over to Chicago. That that's where yes, he wanted to I play. That. Yep. So I was like, "Oh man, this this is perfect." I mean, that that's like kind of a match made in heaven. He loves Jordan. That it's an opportunity to go there, man. We really thought we were going to lose him out here, mm-hmm. but again, that goes back to Kobe. I think once we got rid of Shaq, um, and I love Shaq. Shaq was one of my favorite favorite Lakers mm-hmm. of all time, man. But once you know, once Shaq left, I think. Kobe took it on as another challenge and said, all right, I got to show everybody that, yeah, don't get me wrong, Shaq was the big diesel, but I can win without Shaq. And he did that. He brought he brought two more championships to L.A., and we got – and we lost to, what, the Pistons? So we went to yeah. a, a, another final against the Pistons and lost. We lost in the Western Conference Finals against Dallas. So, I mean, we was right there. When we lost to Dallas, that was for the three-peats. You know, so mm-hmm. I mean, he could have he could have easily had a three piece there. So, man, the, man, the Mamba, the Mamba, man, he 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 was he, whatever he wanted to do. He told himself he was going to do it, and he did it, man. Yeah. So yeah, during those times when he he threatened us, threatened Los Angeles with leaving. Oh, you better make sure we we had to do what we had to do to keep him, man. Uh, that that shout out to uh, I believe that was Jay West. He kept the right man, right? Mm-hmm. He kept the right man, and uh. He went with youth over uh, youth over the diesel, so and it, and it worked out well hey, for us. It definitely worked out well, man. Yeah. Well, well, bro, man, you know I love you, bro, and and hold your head. Um, again, my my condolences to everybody, Laker Nation, Kobe fans worldwide. Uh, you know, definitely a sad day, um, especially in L.A. Like you said, not even a year that uh, we we lost Nipsey, and, and that that one crushed me. And and again. Um, you know, with this Kobe news, uh, uh, LA is definitely taking taking a hit, man. But like I said, uh, in these times, it, it certainly brings people together, especially during fractured times. So, you know, hopefully there's better days ahead. Absolutely, man. Yeah, thank you, man. You already know, man. I love you too, man. Love the show. Love Nick's fan TV. I mean, it was always, you know, obviously an LA coast-to-coast thing, LA versus New York, <laughs> man. But since you had your show, man, and really – Man, you really educate. You've been educating me on the Knicks, man. So I found, you know, I like the Knicks, man. I'll be, I root for him, man. Hopefully one day it's the Lakers versus Knicks championship uh, round. But obviously we got to win, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but definitely would love to see that that LA LA versus Knicks in the finals, man. That that, that that's what it is. But keep doing your thing, man. Love Knicks fan TV. Uh, that's what it is, man. Knicks fan TV is the future, man. Mamba out. I <laughs> appreciate you, bro. Appreciate it, man. That, that was my brother-in-law uh, speaking so so waxing poetic uh, about Kobe in the Laker days. You know, I, I wanted that fan perspective, and, and he certainly has a rich knowledge, a deep knowledge on, on Kobe and, and those times. You know, Kobe was, was the superstar that, if you're around our age range, and I'm 35, my brother-in-law's around, uh, he's in his 30s as well, you know, when we came up and started making sense of basketball, MJ was already at the top. He was already the top dog at the sport. So you already came in and MJ was in, was there. Co- and then the torch gets passed to Kobe. And with Kobe, you saw his whole arc from rookie season, you know, the rookie phenom to winning his first championship to starting the dynasty with Shaq and then being at the top of the league, you know, a, a man on his own. 
and then again uh, coming back with two more championships and and ultimate the eighty one points, and then ultimately uh, his decline into retirement. So Kobe was really that that first superstar from my generation that we saw his complete his complete arc. And uh, again, yeah, it, it was just a, a remarkable career for Kobe. And just a tragic, tragic situation that happened to him and his family, man. Um, next caller up, Ari's with us. Ari, how you, how you feeling tonight, bro? Hey, what's up, CP? How are you? Uh, obviously, crazy 24 hours, huh? Yeah, been, been a crazy 24 hours, man, but doing yeah. all right, all things considered. I can't imagine what it must have been like at the Garden for that whole event and everything, and then you get that kind of news. It's yeah. kind of kind of a bummer, but... You know, I, I think, um, you know, Kobe would have wanted everyone to play anyway, obviously. So yeah. I'm kind of happy the games went were yeah. going on. And they did cancel um, the Lakers and Clippers listen, game. Tomorrow's Lakers and Clippers game is is canceled. Um, MSG, right. it, was, it was a somber note. MSG was a very somber note. I don't think any anybody really wanted to be there. Uh, we, we just kind of just went there because they right. were keeping the game up. Uh, obviously, we know some of the players didn't want to be there themselves. So it's just very tough. But I thought, like I said, I thought MSG was really um, classy in terms of um, their, you know, respect and appreciation for Kobe. So it was a good gesture by MSG. That's great. That's great. And, yeah, I mean, listen, I'm 32 years old, so I'm a little bit younger than you. And just like you said, you know, I remember MJ in his prime, but I didn't didn't see the full arc like we did with Kobe. You know, I think a a lot of the time, you know, you know, we watch these players grow up, man. We like watch Kobe grow up since we were eight, like since he was a seventeen-year-old kid. And you know, we love basketball. Basketball is my biggest love. Um, and you know, you're you're with these guys, and you, you watch them grow up, and they become almost like superhero figures to you. You know, like um, like my childhood like went down in that helicopter with you know with Kobe. You know, I I was talking with my friends, and we were just like. Remember back when we were like six, when we'd go to the park and like we would just hoop and you do the fallaway jumper and you're like Kobe, like, yeah. you're like I'm Kobe today, I'm Kobe today, yeah. and all that, you know. And like, I'll be honest, I was an Allen Iverson guy more than Kobe because mm-hmm. um, I was a, I was an undersized point guard, but I always respected um, Kobe Bryant's work ethic and you know just how you know how seriously his workmanlike approach to the game, the whole Mamba mentality, it's something that transcends basketball. You could apply it to anything, anything whether anything. you're a lawyer, you're a doctor, that whole mentality yep. is um, anything. And I think that's what um, why it resonates so much more. It's like hits differently than like when Robin Williams or like mm-hmm. someone else super famous passed away. Um, I just want to say my, 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 my favorite, well, my favorite mellow moments was, um, I tore my Achilles basically a year after or two years after Kobe tore his Achilles. And I remember I tore it the same way playing basketball and um, I was going left. So I was pushing off the right, same injury. And obviously you're playing pickup. You don't do the two free throws, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because you're playing pickup. But I remember in my head, I was like, you know what? I'm walking off this court. I'm like, not, my friends aren't going to carry me. I'm going to walk off this court. And I got back to, um, I went to the hospital. They had like emergency surgery right away. I had, I had to get an Achilles rupture surgery. And I remember going to physical therapy for like six months. And my physical, and like there was days where it was like painful. And it's like, I'm not a professional athlete. Like I don't really need to be there as much as I really need it as, as like a professional athlete. And I remember my physical therapist was like, dude, Kobe walked to the free throw line and took two free throws, just pushed yep. through. I remember he telling me that. And, um, 
and you know, I pushed through and I and I did the rehab. And um, you know, it's just a very sad story. Um, you know, personally I think Kobe Bryant is top five he's certainly a top five talent of all time, that's without a doubt. Mm-hmm. He's probably ranks top five, top ten overall player in my opinion, but I don't think it's out of the realm to say that he's probably the most skilled offensive player to ever play the game with, with his footwork, the shots he hit, the difficulty in the shots he hit, mm-hmm. just the way he knew the game, and he was a two-way player. And I think he's just, you know, an inspiration to all of us of what could happen if you mix, you know, great, great talent with great, great work ethic, how far you could take things. And, you know, I'm just thankful for Kobe. And, you know, I just, you know, I have a lot of flashbacks about my life. And, you know, I'm just happy that we had a chance. I was able to witness greatness. True you know? story, So that's man. basically it for me. Great call. Great call. I, I, I uh, agree with you 100%, man, wholeheartedly. You know, yeah, I mean, there's people that, that put him right up there. I, I would have to put him, I mean, got to be top five, you know, top six. Of course, no no doubt about it. I mean, Kobe, Kobe's skill sets, like I said, is the closest thing to MJ to me. Closest thing to MJ. And, you know, people always wanted to compare him to LeBron. I just think LeBron's game, while great, was just different. It was just completely different. To to me, the one-to-one is Kobe to MJ, man. That, that was a direct one-to-one comparison and... I think you can you can kind of flip a coin, man. You know, obviously I'm I, I grew up with MJ first, so I'm I'm partial. But Kobe's skill sets was right there, man. Dan from Long Island came to the game with us yesterday with with his family. Dan, how you feeling tonight, man? Uh, yeah. First, thanks for taking the call. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to first say, you know, about yesterday. Obviously, it was very somber. You were right. I mean, I've been to the garden a lot. In my lifetime, I've been to probably you know 150 Nick games since I was a little kid. It was the most quiet. Uh, I mean, I I heard Taj complaining to the ref like in the first two minutes about, and I you, we were up in the 300. Yeah, you could hear him. Quiet, zombie yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. I just remember him yelling at the ref. I said, "Man, we're far away here." But anyway, um, nonetheless, I just wanted to really give you credit for the event yesterday and, and to, it was nice meeting a lot of people that you hear on the you know call and, and, mm-hmm. and people in the chat they were it was a very nice group of people and it was a very diverse group you know it was just amazing all the different ages and all the different races and all the different genders and mm-hmm. it was just a real melting pot you really have a very diverse, uh, diverse fan base so um you know, I really, I hope that anybody who's going to advertise with you realizes that, hey, man, you advertise with CP because he reaches a, a very, very diverse group of people. So if you're looking Appreciate to, it. you know, advertise, advertise with CP, <laughs> that's just a commercial for you. Honestly, <laughs> it was a real nice event. It was a pleasure meeting your dad and you have a real, you know, you're doing good things. So I want to commend Appreciate you Appreciate it, Dan. Yesterday. Much appreciated, and then, and then regarding, um, regarding Kobe, listen, you know, I'm a little older than you, but, but, um, you know, when he was playing, I wasn't, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't root for him just like MJ. I mm-hmm. rooted against these guys. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't want them to do it well. And, you know, Kobe always struck me. I, I was always respected one thing about him, though. He's not like the modern athlete. Because, you know, I know a lot of these young cats today, if they remember, if you really remember Kobe, you know the CP. Mm-hmm. He wasn't hugging guys before the game. No. He was like, he, he was, was like old school mentality. Had no he was old school mentality. He had no. He 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 resurrected his reputation after he retired. He, that's part of his thing. But when he was on the court, he wasn't your friend. He wasn't kissing you on the cheek. He wasn't mm-hmm. magic and Isaiah. He wasn't doing none of that. Mm-hmm. He was. I'm not here to tear your heart out. I'm here to beat you. 
Uh, I'm not trying to be your friend. Mm-hmm. I mean, why did he get along with Shaq? Because he didn't think Shaq worked hard enough. Let's mm-hmm. be honest. Yeah. That's that's where the whole thing came down. He mm-hmm. was critical of Shaq, of Shaq, you know, his work ethic. Mm-hmm. He thought mm-hmm. that he he thought Shaq never reached his potential. True. That was his criticism of him. And I, you know, and I don't know the man personally, but I respect, you know, and you see what he's done in his, what he did in his post basketball life. You know. The man had a mission, and he was trying to execute it, whether that was being the best father he could be, mm-hmm. whether that was making movies, whether it was even the books he wrote, which I think, you know, to a lot of people out there, too, if your children are into, are into sports and, like, you know, but they can't, you know, have a problem getting to read books and stuff, read the Kobe series, man, because mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now, the kids will love it. And, you know, you know attacking literacy in, in, in young, especially young boys of color, mm-hmm. he, 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 he was... He's just so, I'm very impressed with how well-rounded of a man he was, mm-hmm. you know, from what I see publicly, mm-hmm. even more so than his basketball ability. So, you know, I just wanted to touch on that. And here's my question for UCP and for the other callers. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not a basketball historian. Mm-hmm. But other than, other than the, the Red Sox trading Babe Ruth, is there a worse trade ever than Charlotte trading oh, Kobe Bryant? <laughs> Well, well, from a I'm bias in the history of sport. Yeah, yeah, that was um, that was unbelievable, man. But like my brother-in-law said, listen, yeah, Vladdy was still, you know, a good player. But I mean, dead, you know, this, this, they they highly, highly uh, underestimated the talent that Kobe was, man. Crazy. Yeah, but his he he tells a story about his agent telling him like they're going to trade you. You know, Charles going to choose you, but they're going to trade you. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they had some questions about whatever. And I guess that fired up Kobe, too. You know, mm-hmm. he, he wanted to play for the Lakers, but but that fired him up. Like, he, the things he used. And then here's the last thing, too, mm-hmm. that I just want to mention regarding Kobe. You know, he's such a, a unique talent. I, you know, I don't want to get involved in how good he was because mm-hmm. I don't think it's fair. Listen, I didn't see the big old play. Right. But anybody who saw the big old play will tell you he's the greatest ball player of all time. If we had, you know, as much uh, film on him as you did on everybody else, you know, so I don't want to get involved in who's the best. I think it's very dangerous mm-hmm. because we all talk about our generation, but there's bad, there's bad generations before we even saw, right? Mm-hmm. So, but, but what I will say is this, to think that he, at, at, at 18 years old and 19 years old, especially in second year league, that he rose to such prominence and he played, like we, you know, I always call about guys not being NBA ready. We got to wait till the guy's 25, mm-hmm. 26. Mm-hmm. This kid, his second year in the league was an all-star. Yeah. You know, I was taken aback. I didn't realize last night when the public address announcement mentioned 18 time all-star. 18 time. Yeah. 18 time. Yeah. And, you know, that's just, it's a, it's a, he, it's an incredible legacy. I feel terrible for him and his family. It's just, it's, it's too soon. And again, as a competitor, I rooted against that cat every single <laughs> night. But, you know, now that it's all over, looking back, I respect everything he did, and to everybody who's mourning out there, you know, I, 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 I uh, I'm sorry for for your loss, especially mm-hmm. for the Lakers fans out there, and um, you know, and that's it. So, CP, thanks for taking my man. call, man. Keep doing good work. Oh, and good job with good job with Chuck D, man. Yo, he's another one from Long Island. So that's it, man. I was a big fan of his when I was a kid too. So it's great that you got him on the air too. Yeah, right? man. I'll talk to you soon. Big you fan. Care. Thanks a lot, Dan, and thanks for coming through last night. Uh, pleasure to meet you in person and your lovely family as well, man. And, and thanks for supporting. And, and you're right, man. We, we did bring a nice group out. And that's one thing about Knicks fans, man. It's the the camaraderie 
is uh is unparalleled because if you love the Knicks, there's again there's a certain thing in the back of your head that's just like it's like it's not a crazy thing, but it's it's kind of like some sort of defect. So that's why we all like get along, you know what I mean? Because to support this team that has been losing for damn near twenty years straight. You, you got to have some sort of uh, kind heart <laughs> to yourself, you know? You're a loyal fan, man. And, and so that that's what it is, man. But, yeah, me too. I, I was I was the guy. You respected Kobe just like you respected Jordan. But you always want to see somebody take him out. So I love that Portland team because Rasheed Wallace was one of my favorite players. And they had Scotty and Sabonis and Steve Smith. And you're like, yo, this is the team. They're going to knock the Lakers out. They couldn't do it. Then you went to Sacramento. You're like, this is the team. This is it. Chris Webber, Bobby Jackson, Mike Bibby at Stojakovic, Vlade. This is the team. They're going to do it. They choked. And, and then, uh, you know, uh, Detroit basketball finally got it done. Once they got my man Rasheed, made that trade for Rasheed, then they had Chauncey, Rip Hamilton, uh, Tayshawn Prince, Ben Wallace. They were able to knock the, 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 the super team, the Lakers super team out. So, uh, yeah, you're always looking for that team. That what that was gonna up unseed those Lakers, but you know when when you're when you're the winning team, when you're the the Yankees of your sport or the Patriots of your sport, that's just how it is. You know people get tired of seeing you win; uh, they just want to see who's gonna upset, who's gonna be the underdog to come and take take them out. And so that's kind of how how I was. And uh, you know this picture is from the 1998 All Star Game at MSG, and I was fortunate to be at this game. This was, I believe, the only game I saw Kobe play in. I went to Knicks-Lakers. Me and my wife went to Knicks-Lakers in 2012, I think, or 13. I don't think he played it. He may have been hurting with the Achilles injury by then. It's either that or he was, you know, well well past his prime. But uh, the All-Star game in 98, I remember vividly being in that building it was expected that it was going to be MJ's last All-Star game because he was expected to retire. So you had MJ in there. You had Kobe in his first All-Star game putting on a show. And I'm just a kid in there just bug-eyed, like seeing all these superstars on one court. Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan. You had Penny out there. Penny was one of my favorite players ever. And it was just crazy. You know, I was sitting damn near like next to Jude Dr. J., um, it was just crazy. Grant Hill was playing in that game. That was a classic, classic, classic game. And there were no Knicks in that game. There were no Knicks in that game. But uh, again, that All Star game in MSG '98 was um, w- one of the last of the, of the of the great ones, no doubt about it. Um, so to everybody in the chat once again, let me just reset real quick. We're gonna run the show for about another 15 minutes or so. So if you guys are on the line, um, just try to make your points quick. I want to try to get to as many callers as I can. Once again, this is Knicks Fan TV. Uh, we're just doing a special tribute live stream for the great Kobe Bryant. Uh, we just heard from Chuck D earlier on in the show. If you missed that part of it, just you know, rewind once the show's over. You could rewind up to like the first ten minutes or so when Chuck D comes on and, and gave us some real kind words for 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 Kobe and, and just really reflecting on his life and his legacy. So thanks again to Chuck for sharing his thoughts. I want to shout out all the super chats that came in. Alexander sends us a super chat. Johnny P, thank you. Will from LI says, thank you so much, CP, for the platform. Will, thanks for being uh, one of our day one supporters. TB sends us a super chat. He says, beautiful interview. Great to hear from the legendary Chuck D, a public enemy, and the 9-8 posse. Thank you. Uh, thanks a lot, TB. And once again, thanks to Chuck D um, for, for coming on and, and, and blessing us with some wisdom. Uh, as he always does. Let's hear from Will from LI. Will's on the line. Will, how you feeling, man? 
Hey, CP, what's going on, man? How's it going? Good, bro. How you feeling tonight, man? Good, good, good. Listen, man, I sincerely meant what I said with that message because mm-hmm. yesterday, you know, I was on Twitter and everything. It was like something I've never seen before. It felt like the world was like still yeah. and quiet everywhere. And, you know, through everything, you know, I just had, you know, the next um, Twitter group that, you know, you set up. So, you know, I really do appreciate that. And, you know, we were talking, sharing information, and it was just great to know, like, I, like you know, I wasn't going through it alone, and I had somebody or a group of people to talk to who was feeling the exact same thing I was feeling mm-hmm. and all that. And that's, just, and that's just a testament to you and you making this platform. So, appreciate sincerely, it. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, bro. Um, yeah, man, let's yeah, no problem. This one, this one hit differently, right? Because you know, my my cousin is a long time Lakers fan. Um, me and him always chopping up. He's like, "Hey, yo, New York sucks, man. What was the last time New York won?" This that, and me and him always chopping up. My favorite cousin, mm-hmm. but you know, he he loves the Lakers, and I hate him. But you know, we'd always watch games, and you know, I was a Kobe hater the same way I was a LeBron hater, and you know, still am. But so. Hey, the point was for me where I would watch games with my cousin and I would see Kobe play and it was just, I couldn't, I couldn't deny his greatness when, you know, you know, Ari already talked about it, but when he ruptured his Achilles and came back and shot the shot, mm-hmm. when he popped his finger out of place, mm-hmm. you know, goes to the trainer, he pops it right back and just walks back like mm-hmm. it was nothing. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, this kid is tough. And then, you know, all the shots and everything, you know, and Kobe, Kobe is the definition of work ethic. And if you you can take multiple of anything Kobe said and can make it into a quote and you can, like, tattoo it on your arm and yeah. that, you can use that to, like, prepare through life. So, ultimately, Kobe, to me, was just an amazing player, an amazing icon, amazing father. I, could, I, I feel so bad what happened to his daughter. You know, for me, I don't have any kids. I have goddaughters, but I... I die. I have two little um, goddaughters that I have, and I die for those girls. Yeah. And I could only imagine how it would feel to be a father, and you're looking your daughter in the eye, and there's absolutely nothing you can do to save her, mm-hmm. and it's just it's just heartbreaking. Tough. But either way, man, I'm gonna just get off on that. Tough. Either man. way, thanks so much for the platform, CP. Doing great work, and I love and I love the interview with um, Chuck D. Thanks, man. Um, great work as always. Keep it pushing, man. M- much appreciate appreciated, it. Will. Always uh, one of our day ones, man. Well said and, and great comments. Ron Cleveland in the building. Ron, how you feeling tonight, man? Man, 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 CP. Yeah. Boy, uh, you know, that, that that phrase, you know, this 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 one hurts, man. You know, I mean, me me as a as a father of you know, I mean I got five, you know what I mean, I got four girls, man, and mm. my youngest is eleven years old, man. Mm. You know what I mean? And you know, that that, that one it, it really hurts, man. And uh you know when I think when I think of Kobe, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna let everybody know my age, man. I'm I'm forty six. You know, and, and, and I've been blessed to watch Michael Jordan come in the league, watch him play. Watch Kobe Bryant come in the league, watch him play from beginning to end. Now seeing LeBron likewise. You know, and, and these are the comparisons when they talk about who who are the greatest. You know, these three guys' names comes up in the conversation. And 
for me, what I think about with Cole, man, I was like, you know what? When you think about when Jordan got ready to retire, CP, where the league was at, if Kobe hadn't done what Kobe had did, the league would have been in trouble, man. Yes. Kobe really, you know, we didn't we didn't see it then. Everybody looked at it as, you know, here's this guy trying to be like Jordan. But if this guy wasn't yeah. what he was, the league would have been in a lot of trouble, man, True. so far as trying to advance the game. So, for me, what I saw with Kobe is Kobe took the mantle from Jordan, took it to a whole other level because Jordan wasn't too much of a teacher of trying to teach nobody else. Mm-hmm. You know, he wanted to kill you, and you knew that. Kobe, post-game, post-career, he was teaching these young guys how to play the game of basketball. He was on the teaching aspect. And and that's what I get from Kobe. And, and the thing is, when I look at sports, there's, there's three sports that I follow in particular. I, I watch baseball. I'm heavy on baseball. I'm heavy in football, and I'm heavy in basketball. And these three players' name epitomizes what it means to be an athlete. The first player in baseball, when you talk about all-out effort, and it's a travesty this guy is not in the Hall of Fame, you know who I'm getting ready to call. Charlie Hustle, Pete Rose, mm. played every game like it was his last. He never cheated. He never cheated the, the paying customer. Then when I go when I go to football, out all the greatest football players that I've seen in my time watching football, I think about Junior Seau. Mm. Never cheated the game, played his heart up like it was his last. And in basketball, Kobe never cheated you, man. He never cheated you. So True. with that, CP man. Much love, man. Appreciate you, bro. To the Knicks family, man. Hey, if these young guys can learn anything from Kobe, is you play the game the right way, you give the game all you got, because you never know who that kid watching you, man, that can aspire to be like you. So with that, man, hey, Mamba, man, much love, RIP. Hey, the Knicks, we're going to have to keep pushing, man, but this was a tough one, man. Appreciate you, Ron. Well said, man. Great, great comments. That was my guy, Ron Cleveland, calling in with his perspective. And, yeah, you know, Kobe, uh, that was one of the things as I was kind of watching different interviews and stuff of him today preparing for this show. Um, His legacy was very important to him. And he stressed uh, being a teacher and passing on the the wisdom that he picked up being a student of the game to the younger players and and really trying to be a shining example. And, obviously, uh, the way he he approached teaching – the game to his daughters and because she was so passionate about the game and, and that was big for Kobe post basketball was what his legacy was going to be. So um, definitely uh, great, great sentiments there by, by Ron Cleveland, because uh, I, I agree wholeheartedly, man. I, I agree wholeheartedly. So just, just a tough, tough situation to deal with. And, and we certainly um, keep all the families involved in our thoughts. Uh, let's go to Ireland. My guy, Alex, Alex Collins, uh, who's always in the chat, wants to call in. Alex, how you feeling, man? Uh, it could be better. Yeah, of course, <laughs> yeah, of course, bro. Shitty, kind of. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Talk, sorry. Uh, no problem. 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to call uh, just very briefly. I'm not going to say I'm lying long because mm-hmm. I want to let the people get in. But um, I hated Kobe. Like, I absolutely despised Kobe for the first couple of years that I was following um, the NBA uh, when you come from like uh, when you come from Ireland you kind of have this uh, 
underdog mentality instilled in you. Um, it's just part of the culture. And you always want to see the top dog fail. Mm. And Kobe was that. Like, Kobe was the top dog around the time that I started watching the sport and uh, watching the NBA. Like, Jordan had left the league. Um, and I, I just, I despised Kobe. Mm. And then over time, that changed from uh, just kind of like a hatred to just an just an absolute respect um, mm. because you saw he was he was like a unique blend of winner's mentality, uh, work ethic, and just flair mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that you couldn't help but just feel inspired by him. Mm-hmm. Um, he was just an, an absolute pure inspiration for just how hard he worked. True story. Um, and just the mentality he he brought to his his uh to his profession um and just i hope that you know 41 is really young to go um and 13 is even worse yeah uh so i just want the the thing i think that the thing that we can all take away from this is that life is short mm-hmm. and absolutely nothing nothing is guaranteed um you know like t- tomorrow is hypothetical um so just live your life to the absolute fullest mm. and uh, leave it all out on the court. Have no regrets. Um, just give it your all um, because it can it can be taken away at any moment. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's a really just um, just a terrible twenty four hours. Um, yeah, but. Uh, We'll get through this. <laughs> yeah, man. We, we so, will, uh, man. That's, that's all I got. Absolutely. Well said. Well said, Alex. Great call, yeah. man. Great call. It's my guy, Alex Collins, checking in all the way from Ireland. Uh, never misses a show, whether it's live or recorded. Uh, he, he's been another guy, like I was telling you, else. You never know who's watching. Um, Alex Collins. You know, here we have a guy checking in all the way from Ireland who watches our show. It's probably 3, three o'clock in the morning over there every night, late night. He's up tuning in. And that's just a testament to the community that, that we built. Will from LI touched on that as well. Uh, that you know the the community that we built uh, uh, of Knicks fans, and again, it's just something just to come together. Uh, you know, take your mind off of some of the 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 downsides of life, right? We all go through our ups and downs, but I think this platform and and sports in in general on the larger stage, it's just it's just about bringing people together, man. Especially in tough times, uh, uh, you know, when there's so much um bad and, and negative going on in the world. So we try to do the best we can. But great call. Great call by Alex. And like you said, man, you gotta you gotta uh live live it like it's your last. You know, as cliche as it sounds, that's definitely um, you know, the way that I try to attack uh my life now. I think as I've gotten older, your perspective changes changes and then as you you know when I became a dad and as you start to raise a family your perspective changes even more because now it's about like all right um setting my son up for the future and, and making sure that uh, he's well taken care of and like I said earlier what are some of the the values and 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 how I want to bring him up and, and teach him uh along the way and so that's how I, I kind of attack it you know you have nothing to lose and that's how why I started Knicks Fan TV I'm like yo what do I have to lose 
I'm, this is my passion. I love sports. I love all my New York teams and I love talking about sports. And so that, that's just how I, I carried it. And, and, you know, the work ethic that I brought to, to really trying to build this platform. So I definitely appreciate everybody for supporting it. But my point in saying that is, um, just like Alex said, you got to go attack it, whatever your passion is. It may not be media. It may not, you don't have to do a YouTube or a podcast, whatever it is, whatever you love doing. Go at it with, with a ferocity uh, like Kobe did. You know, go at it like a, with, a, with a ferocity and, and just attack it, man, because you have nothing to lose. Take that leap. You know, take take that leap, man. And so that that's all I have to say in that regard. Um, Last call of the night is going to go to my guy, Worldwide Wes, a fellow Long Islander. Salute to Chuck D once again. Um, Wes was a huge Kobe fan, and I asked him to call in. So, Wes, I think it's it's quite appropriate uh, for you to be the closer of the night, man. How how you feeling, bro? I'm a little, I'm a little, you know, in a somber mood and everything. And I appreciate you hitting me up to you know ask to give me my thoughts and my personal experience and why I came to be so you know such a fan of Kobe. You know, I mean, um. To me, on a personal level, there's so many parallels of my life and Kobe Bryant's life. You know, things, adversities he's faced, things that I faced. You know what I mean? And um, I first was introduced to Kobe when I was about 11 years old. He was uh, a senior in high school, a junior in high school. Now, I remember they aired one of his high school games. And, like, back then there was no YouTube. So you had to get the slam magazines and you had to read the columns on all the upcoming players. And for whatever reason, like his name, his look, his style of play, it all just like, it, it grabbed my attention. So like, I'm telling people, you know, yo, this guy, just like, you know, he was saying, I'm going to be the next this and that. I'm telling dudes like, yo, Kobe's going to be the next, the next big thing. Kobe's going to be the next big thing. I never cared about the Lakers. You know what I mean? And to this day, the Lakers are my number two team in the league because of Kobe. So, because of Kobe, I got into basketball. You know what I mean? And I was terrible when I was 11, 12, 13, 14 years old. Mm-hmm. But I seen how hard Kobe would work. He I work everybody, and that was his that was his mantra. So for a whole year, every single day, I, I played ball. You know what I mean? I practiced by myself, rain, sleet, snow, and and, and it's talking about 20 degrees weather. It didn't matter. And in my mind, I was Kobe. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So. This this just is my own personal journey that was reflective to where, you know, Kobe's personal journey. And as I grew, he grew as a player. He became known as, you know, the, the best player in the, in the league. And, you know, later on in my life, obviously, I, I didn't make it in basketball. So I had to segue, you know, my energy somewhere else. So I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to apply the, quote, Mamba mentality and attack the books in the same way, you know, and I later earned a degree and graduated and everything. And anytime I had a test, I had to study, I had to use time management in my mind. It was always mama mentality. Like mm. failure is not an option. You know what I mean? Like you have to work for what you want. And it was always related back to coach. Mm. You know what I mean? Later on in my life, you know, I, I kept playing ball. I still play ball to this day. Just like one of your last callers called, I taught my Achilles. And at that exact moment that I snapped my Achilles, I knew it was snapped. First thing I thought of was Kobe. You know, I, you know, and I said, listen, if Kobe could persevere through this, you know, that gives me hope that I can make it through it. So every day in rehab, every day, you know, I couldn't walk. And then, I, then when I started playing ball again, it was like a joke. 
I couldn't I could have uh, explode off my my foot. And I used to be you know a high a dunker and stuff like that, you know. So it was very very humbling. And every I just referenced everything I did back to Kobe. Mm. You know he he inspired me in so many ways. You know and and he touched so many people. And like I'm here thinking like why is it that he touched so many people? And I think it's the fact that that he's so relatable. You know he 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 didn't have the perfect come up. You know he wasn't like like stainless he he messed up he got into legal issues mm-hmm. he was cocky mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. like he rubbed people perfect. the wrong way he perfect. always get along with stretch. the people. he had flaws which mm-hmm. we all as human beings have flaws mm-hmm. and i think that was you know we, we we one of the most things that attracted us towards and even if we didn't subconsciously we didn't know that that that's what it was you know because you're talking about people from all different genres all different sports you know there's never been an athlete that touched people and inspired people from all different sports probably since Muhammad Ali you know what I mean and I remember growing up and people saying like oh man when John Legend John Lennon died it was you know the world stood still and I just couldn't understand what they were talking about like dude you don't know these people and yesterday I was at work and one of my co-workers showed me a phone because they know how much I like Kobe and when I read what I read I'm not even going to repeat it I just I was, that moment just crushed me. I was praying to God, like, let this be fake news. Let this just be some idiot putting up some craziness. And it wasn't. And I knew, and this might sound crazy, but I just had a weird feeling that his daughter, the one, his right-hand sidekick was with him. Because he's always with her. So I'm like, damn, I'm like, that's the first thing. I'm like, damn, I hope she was, he wasn't with her. But I'm like, all right, it's a Sunday that's a, that's a, that's an AAU basketball day. There's five people on the plane. Like, I, it was just devastating, man. Like it's, it's crazy. It's hard to believe. It's hard to accept, but it's like, it, it kind of made me like a little bit more have some resolve. when I heard Tracy McGrady say that Kobe prophesied yeah. that, you know, or said that he would prefer to go out young so mm-hmm. that he could be immortalized. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's just as crazy to, to really actually believe that. And, um, you know, in my mind, man, like, just studying Kobe and knowing how crazy he was, like, his last moments, man, he probably was just, like, mama mentality, you know? this. If this is my fate, this is my fate, you know? And with him and his daughter, you know, what a crazy way to go out, man. Yeah. But that guy left a legacy that, you know, that, that it's not going to be unmatched. And I feel like he put an end to the whole conversation forever, who the greatest is, Mount Rushmore. I feel like that conversation's dead. You know, I, I, I don't. I don't really see how this is anybody can discuss it anymore. And um, I definitely think the NBA should change Kobe to the logo, hundred percent. So those those are my thoughts on Kobe. You know, just wanted to share. Thank you for um, allowing me to share my thoughts. Of course, man. Of course, and, and great call, West. Thanks again for calling in. And um, I hope hope we hear from you uh, some more, man, because I, I love when you call in. I, I love your, your your perspective on the game, uh, your Knicks take. So we got to get you in the studio, do some more podcasts for sure, man. So let, let's definitely um, stay in touch, bro. Definitely, man. I'm with it. I'm with it. You already know, man. All right, man. Take it easy, man. Uh, and that was my guy, Worldwide West, clo- closing the show with uh, uh, just, just a personal, um, you know, uh, testimony. To, to how Kobe really uh, impacted his life and how he carried himself and how and and the work ethic 
that that he would emulate from Kobe in terms of anything in in, in his walks of life that he did. So you know that that's just the impact, uh, just an example of the impact that Kobe had on people. And so, like I said, I, I thought it was real important for Wes to share his story because uh, he he was certainly uh, a diehard Kobe fan. So um, salute to Wes for for sharing that. And uh, salute to everybody who tuned in, man. Again, just uh, just I just felt like it was necessary, you know, between last night uh, being at the game and and not really being there and being present there. But um, you know, and then today with people still trying to struggle with with really what happened, I think it's still we still trying to trying to figure it out because it's just so you know crazy and tragic that this would happen to someone who had such an immortal spirit. And so once again, we, we remember Kobe tonight. We, we, we express our condolences to his family. Obviously he lost his daughter, uh, horrifically in, in that, in that crash, 13 years old. And there were several other people who, who lost, um, their lives as well. So we remember them as well and keep their families in, 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 uh, in, in our thoughts. Um, LeBron released a, a post on Instagram. You guys can go on Instagram.com, go to LeBron's page. He just posted a tribute to Kobe. Um, so go ahead and go on Instagram and, and check that out. And obviously, you know, LeBron has to be um, crushed, devastated right now. Just just the way everything played out. You know, Saturday night was all about LeBron and Kobe and, and LeBron passing Kobe for third all time. And then, and then the next day, Kobe passes away. Like, you just can't make these things up, man. It's just so crazy timing wise, the tribute that LeBron put on his shoes for Kobe Saturday night. And when I saw it and it was like Mamba forever, Mamba for life, I was just like, wow, like, you know, the, the, the tribute is almost like Kobe's not here. And then boom, you know, not even 24 hours later, he wasn't. And so it was just so crazy. Kobe was, um, you know, expecting to be inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh, this season, along, along with Tim Duncan and KG, obviously that that was a uh, a speech that we were looking forward to hearing uh, that that we won't hear. But you know, obviously we we know um, that he is no doubt uh, a, a Hall of Famer. And and Wes also talked about you know obviously pe- some people the detractors wanted to talk about the the personal issues that Kobe was experiencing. Obviously, you know, there was controversy there in 2003. I, I won't harp on it, but I think the the point is, I think we should also uh, give people, um, salute people when they try to evolve from those situations. You know, obviously what was alleged was, was horrific, but at the same time, you know, you saw him trying to repair himself and grow from that. And so I think we also have to give credit for redemption and evolution in that sense. And so that's how I'd rather remember Kobe and obviously as the player, uh, as the father and as and as the man. So, Kobe, we, we definitely appreciate all that you did for the game. Uh, we, we thank you for all the memories. Uh, we, 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 are, are, we, we don't like what you did to the Knicks all those times, but obviously as one of the greats, who, uh, you know, appreciated the history and the love for MSG, you know, we understand it. And, and yeah, that, that's just it, man. That's all I'll end with. Once again, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. Salute to everyone who tuned in tonight. Uh, and we'll be back to our regularly scheduled Knicks programming tomorrow night. 
I think it's, I believe it's Knicks versus Raptors. So, uh, Shane Mack also sends a super chat. So thanks a lot, Shane. I appreciate, um, the love Shane came to the game last night. So it was a good time meeting him and, and so on. Knicks versus Hornets. Sorry. Knicks versus Hornets tomorrow night, seven o'clock. So we'll be back post game live, regularly scheduled programming back to the bait in Knicks. But, uh, tonight was about cold. So once again, salute to everybody who tuned in. Thank you very much. Once again, to Chuck D. For, two, for for checking in with us and, and sharing his thoughts. Are very much appreciated. And uh, I think overall, this was a solid show. So, so to everybody who called in with their sentiments, everybody in the chat with their sentiments, and we'll check you guys back uh, tomorrow night. Knicks versus Hornets postgame, man. See you later, everybody. Mecca basketball right here in New York City. MSG, Madison Square Garden. Get a first look at Kobe Bryant, who's still looking for his first points in the NBA. Oh. With the spin, Bryant, Kobe's first All-Star hoop to Garnett. Back to Kobe. Bryant to Bryant ahead of the field, reverse slam. His creativity is amazing. the 20,000 career point mark. Bryant spins, puts it up, puts it in. 61. A new garden record, Kobe Bryant, 61 points, most points ever scored here at Madison Square Garden. Bryant gets away, throws it off the backboard, out to Gasol, and Gasol knocks it down. What a play from Kobe Bryant. Oh, beautiful reverse from Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant drills it. Last time, Nick fans see number 24 play here at Madison Square Garden. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.